nothing can replace talking live, batting things back and forth, hearing the other person's point of view, um, allowing them for to ask questions, hearing for their pauses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things. Um, we're human. We're, we, we interact very visually, very verbally. Could you imagine having a relationship over text? Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, a podcast that brings you insights and tactics from the greatest SaaS minds across the world. The show is brought to you by SaaStock, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11, returning to Dublin in October 15th to the 17th, 2018. On this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show, I talk with Jessica White, COO of Soapbox, a meeting platform that helps managers and companies have better conversations. Jessica joined Soapbox as employee number five, and her role was to take care of customers. Five years on, she's transitioned through several roles with her current being COO. As she says, it's the role of making sure shit gets done, which complements very well the visionary nature of her CEO. Soapbox initially targeted enterprise deals, but soon realized that this way it brought change to organizations in a top-down manner, which isn't as effective in seeing this change come to fruition. Instead, a grassroots approach through a freemium model where one manager in a company starts using Soapbox, then another picks up on that and another is the way to go, which is why the company completely revamped its business model, moving from enterprise sales to freemium at the start of the year and has seen great take-up since. In the heart of what Soapbox does is the notion that better conversations between managers and employees is the most essential thing for the business to succeed. Listen on to learn what is the essence of the one-to-one conversation, I do like the sort of dedicated time twice a year, every quarter to sit down and do a thorough assessment. The challenge is, is if you have a gap in between that. Um, and that's where one-on-ones come in, where it's uh, weekly or monthly, where you're sitting down and you have as a leader a chance to provide thoughts for the employee. More so though, the employee has the opportunity to manage up. I see one-on-ones as the employees um, meeting. This is their time to come uh, and ask the questions that they need demystified so that they can do better. So let's talk about the strategy. Let's talk about the direction. How one-to-ones differ depending on the cadence. On a weekly basis, you should be reviewing how are things going on the business side, on how they're performing, are they hitting metrics and targets? And more importantly, who cares if the target is hit or not, it's why and how come, and digging deeper and using the time to effectively have a conversation versus on Slack, you could just be like, you didn't hit the target, do better next time, right? Um, It's when we're sitting face-to-face or on a video recording if you've got a distributed team to really dive into the why that that weekly one-on-one should be used for. And then you can provide the coaching. If it's more on the monthly, how we how we see it best and how I do it is I tend to skew more on the relationship and the personal side. How are you feeling? What's motivating you? What is making you absolutely grumpy? How to tactfully address negative feedback at one-to-ones. Take the personal effect out of it and and talk about, hey, this is what's happening and this is what I observe. Does this make sense? And and this is how it's also impacting the business. 
so they don't feel like it's a personal attack. It's like, well, you're lazy, right? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. It's that, well, I think we could do this faster because if, you know, if we responded to customers faster, um, they would have a better customer experience. You know, my fear is that we're not responding to customers fast enough. And, and you know, how do you feel? On last week's episode, we introduced a special raffle we're running for listeners where one lucky SaaS Revolution show listener will get a ticket to SaaS.18 for free, as well as something money can't buy on top, which is an invite to our speaker's dinner. It's a once in a lifetime chance to meet our exceptional founders and have up close conversations with them. Our idea was to announce the winner on this week's episode, but inspired by my chat with Jessica and the importance of good conversations, I've decided to extend the deadline until next week so a few more people have a chance to participate. Go to sasrevolution.show, that's sasrevolution.show, and sign up until Wednesday the 26th at midnight to have a chance uh, to be in to win with this free ticket. This is your last chance. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show, uh, Jessica Weiss. Uh, COO at Soapbox. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. It's good to uh, uh, good to have you on the podcast. Where where are you uh, dialing in from? It's, unfortunately, we don't have. We're not like Joe Rogan and uh, flying people into the studio. Although my studio would be a very small one. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, which, which country and uh, and city are you in uh, today? I'm uh, downtown in the tech bubble of Toronto, Canada. Okay. Right in the heart of it. Very cool. We we had somebody from uh, 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 a larger than life character from Toronto recently on the podcast, uh, Mark Organ. Do you know him well? Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I know Mark well. Yeah. He was great. actually. I, I posted on social that that was, uh, I, and I, I mean it. It was my favorite podcast of the year. Um, so uh, let's let's see if we can top that. Yeah? Oh, I'm totally topping that. I'm okay. totally. Topping that. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Jesse, and I'm going to send it to him and say, "Look how much better mine was than yours." <laughs> that, that, that's it. And we could have both the qualitative opinion where we think that you know it, it's better, uh, but also we could have a look at the data and see who you know the the numbers, the most the, like downloaded, have some sort of. Comp- Ooh. Um, but let, let, let's get, let's find out a little bit more about you. You know, uh, who who is Jessica Weiss? Yeah, uh, a person, a human. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> I love that because that was one of the that was the one question when you guys sent that it was like who is Jessica Weiss and I was I gave it a lot of thought and I'm just like just a person (laughs) just a person and I think and because it's it's funny when you know you hear people on these podcasts or you see them talk or pen an article or whatever and it's like yeah we're just a normal person put you know pants on one leg at a time ran out of the house this morning for some reason carrying my water bottle without the lid and didn't mean to take it with me but somehow landed in my uber with just this and so you know just a person that does silly things and lives life normally very cool all right just a bit i like it simplification and you know uh, simplification is uh, uh, well uh, a key ingredient to uh, to success, I think, in in, in many things. So uh, that, that that that's good stuff. And, and you've been at, at, at uh, Soapbox uh, for like is it since its inception, or for, uh, certainly around five years, something like that, right? Yeah, five years. It had been around for a few years prior, um, mm. but I was certainly I was employee number seven, and you know, essentially joined the three co-founders and a couple of intern developers. So we were. It's 
pretty well since its baby days. And and tell me, uh, I guess first, uh, probably in this order, what does Soapbox do? Uh, you know, what problem are you solving? And then what do you do for Soapbox? So what have yeah. you done over the five years? For sure. So Soapbox, we're a meeting, uh, we're a meeting platform. So we help uh, managers and their employees have better one-on-ones, team meetings, and and discussions like AMAs or project briefs. And the problem that it's solving is is this notion, or not the notion, is is communication and conversations that somehow get lost in this world of Slack, and we haven't quite adapted to um, the full transition from being this hierarchical, top-down, you should do what I say, to a very collaborative, I need to hear from you, let's talk about things um, type of org. And uh, those conversations are what fuels a company's growth and um, where do they happen most in one-on-ones and team meetings. And so um, we try to make those just a little simpler. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. I, I, I mean, this culture that I guess certainly a lot of digital and, and SaaS companies, um, you know, maybe with the, the distributed teams and the reliance on Slack and then, how that affects uh, communication, uh, and there's often there's this, just this over reliance. Certainly, we feel it within our company, an over reliance on on Slack. Where actually, let's say, you know, if I've not necessarily been happy with something, or you you know, you tell somebody on on, on Slack rather than actually like having a proper meeting or or calling them, and then even maybe then on the flip side, when you're kind of happy or you're, you're providing some feedback which is more positive and then they can't really read it like what does he mean by that you, you know and it's like you're always negative or it's like no okay you know i'm not saying i'm always negative i'm far from that but um yeah it's it, it's an interesting one slack the the, the the pros and cons um but um big believer in like you, you know having tools like soapbox to, to kind of help us break out of the uh, that reliance um uh, yeah and uh, and and uh, you, so you you as C, COO, um, yeah. like how big is how big is the company like now? We're we're about thirty. About thirty, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and how long have you been COO? Uh, COO for a year and a bit. Uh, so I joined as chief customer officer. Okay. And this was in our enterprise SaaS days where we were signing big accounts, and it was sort of like Coca Cola. How do you want to roll out soapbox across the company? Uh, and at that point, we were we had barely a user manual kind of thing. So it was, you know, how do we get our customers to be successful and realize value, et cetera. And uh, over time, um, uh, have then now taken over as COO where um, uh, I lead all elements of the business. So marketing, uh, sales success, um, to make sure that we've uh, run in a, a good, good machine here. Very cool. And uh, were you the first COO hire or were were the CEOs uh, before you? Just trying to understand, let's say, with the 30-person company, like when when that that role was created within Soapbox. Yeah. uh, No, I definitely was the first one. And it was interesting. I was recounting for somebody recently that it wasn't necessarily the easiest decision for us or or necessarily our board. Um, And uh, the rule was created because, and it's as our CEO, my CEO says, he's a CEO that needs a COO. Um, We're an awesome complement and team. Uh, He uh, does the vision awesome manages our investors and and um, and 
overall direction of the business amazingly. And I'm uh, the business oriented, um, let's get shit done kind of, kind of person. And then also um, bring in the, the, the customer voice as well. Um, so it sort of just worked. I, and I'm a, yeah, I'm a big believer that there's never a real right way to structure an org. It all depends on the people in there, their talents, and then also the business needs at the time. And so it just seemed to, to work perfectly. Very cool. Uh, and you, you, you mentioned investors. So uh, I'm assuming you've raised some venture capital. Uh, can, you, can you say um, uh, what stage are you seed, Series A, something like that? Yeah, we're seed funded um, back in uh, 2015. So we've been uh, growing our way and, and sustaining ourselves uh, since then, which has been pretty awesome as well. And, and all 30 people in Toronto? Yeah, yeah. All 30 in a one room makes a huge difference for us. What, what is the main, what's the main like go to market for, for Soapbox? Are you, are you doing, you know, content? Is it inbound? Um, uh, but you mentioned Coca-Cola. I mean, it's like a huge company. I don't know if they're a customer, if you're allowed to say, well, obviously we, we said that, but uh, like, um, tell us a little bit about the structure for go to market. And then if you're happy to say about, you know, Coca-Cola, like uh, if they're a customer, how did that come about? Yeah. So well, actually Coca-Cola isn't a, well, uh, Coca-Cola isn't a, a, a official customer anymore. Um, we that came about with like the the typical enterprise sale, so outbound reach outs, engaging them, going through the six months discussions and procurement and etc. Uh, what we realized as we we spent a lot of years on that type of model and realized that it's a really hard way to change. Uh, it's really challenging as a business to do. Um, but it's also not ideal for our customers because it's really hard to change, uh, organizational culture and the way they communicate top down like that. And so just this year, we sort of pressed a hard refresh on the business and we've gone freemium. So very, uh, very small thin edge of the wedge. How do we get just one manager and their team using one-on-one using soapbox for their one-on-ones? And from there, there's a natural virality that allows it to grow and spread and, um, and start to change habits at that grassroots level. And then that's when you can call up the CIO and be like, hey, did you know that 20% of your company is using a, our product? But um, for now, we are freemium, definitely using marketing as our main way of, of generating inbound signups. So paid content, et cetera. And freemium. So, like, at what point? So, you know, what is the the monetization strategy? Like, you know, I, when you have ten people in a company using Soapbox, uh, do you then say, okay, well, now you're on a, on, a, on a paid tier? Kind of, I guess, similar like, you know, Slack is freemium, and then you you have a certain amount of people usage, uh, and, and then you have to pay, right? Yeah, uh, we've done it more so on the the, the feature basis. So what we want to say is we've got something that's free forever. And actually, it's, um, we're one of the unique players in this market where we'll be free forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use it with a thousand people if you want to run use you know run near team meetings using Soapbox. Um, the minute you want to start uh, doing more pro or advanced um activities using soapbox that's when we think that that's when the value exchange happens um we've got much richer features helps you be a better manager um so that's where the the exchange will happen 
How, how long ago did you, like, uh, as you say, do the hard reset uh, to, to freemium? Uh, literally January was sort of like hard refresh, new website. We've been, we've been in beta prior to that um, uh, and had been building the new platform, you know, even much before that. It's, as many people will know, this is not a quick, like, snap your finger kind of journey. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're I guess, six, nine months into it, and it's, it, what's, it's been phenomenal. It's sort of like this breath of fresh air where it's like, ah, oh, yes. This is what we've been going for. Yeah, we've seen a lot. I mean, the trends like in the in the market, like a lot of companies actually realizing that freemium is just a you know a, a great you know acquisition tool, right? And yeah. uh, and, and even and I'm sure he, he doesn't mind saying it because he says it himself. You know, like uh, Patrick Campbell, Price Intelligently, or formerly Price Intelligently, now Profitwell. Uh, you, you know, it's very much obviously his whole thing is about you know pricing and you, you know. Uh, you should charge more, and he, uh, I think he was a little bit—I don't know about anti-freemium, like a couple of years back. But now he's going to ch- change oh, okay. his mind, which it's you know everyone can change their mind. And, and Profitwell, you know, has freemium within it, and I think they're doing pretty well. I've uh, I've heard right, you know, they've, they've, yeah, they've some good numbers behind it. So uh, yeah, no, it's uh, interesting to see um, uh, the company's moving uh, very much to, towards that model if you do it right. Totally. And I, I mean, it makes sense because for it, it, it's not for everybody, but certainly I think the market has generally shifted, right? So you've got uh, more than half, uh, sorry, more than a third of uh, people in the workforce are millennials. Mm. 20% of those millennials, 20% of managers are millennials. So the decision makers, right? You've also got organizations being much more comfortable with SaaS and cloud-based applications. Um, and, and people want to test things. They're, they're into the, the habit of, you know what, I'm going to download this and just try it. I'll download the app and see if I like it. Um, uh, and that's the expectation. And so we have to meet our customers where they, how they want to buy, how they want to get used to new tools. Um, and, uh, trying to force the arm to say, yes, you must commit to a multi-year subscription for your whole company before you can even play around in Soapbox just doesn't seem natural or what our customer wants. Um, not to mention it just, as I was saying earlier, helps shift behaviors much easier than um, trying to force things top down. Um, I think this, well, it's not the need to segue. Obviously, we're talking about, you know, fr- freemium. And yeah. Yeah, I want to bring that into talking about one-on-ones, but you, you mentioned yes. that. Uh, top down and that's behavior. what we're here so, for Alex. exactly I'm, 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 I'm getting to it i'm just slow to get to the point right um but um yeah so like performance management i mean we're not a SaaS company um but performance management is something you know this year i've been you know very much sort of cognizant uh of and um you know uh, doing more one-to-ones when we actually kind of realized as a business I and mean, we're in our third year of business and sort of realized that actually we were kind of really only doing like employee reviews and giving like feedback every six months at best, right? Uh, and uh, tell us why, um, or if you think that's like a bad idea, doing it like every six months. So how often should people be doing one-on-ones and reviews? And how is that, from a SaaS business perspective, you know, what kind of impact is that is, is that going to have on your business? Oh, it will have huge, I think, biggest lever biggest lever. I mean, where do you spend all your money? You spend it on humans. 
And if you don't have a good team, you're dead in the water. So, uh, you know, making, having your employees meet their full potential, be high performing, insert whatever buzzword you want. Um, it's, it's a make or break situation. Uh, in terms of doing performance reviews, I do like the sort of dedicated time twice a year, every quarter to sit down and do a thorough assessment. The challenge is, is if you have a gap in between that. Um, and that's where one-on-ones come in, where it's uh, weekly or monthly, where you're sitting down and you have, as a leader, a chance to provide thoughts for the employee. More so, though, the employee has the opportunity to manage up. I see one-on-ones as the employee's um, meeting. This is their time to come uh, and ask the questions that are um, that 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 are sort of that they need demystified so that they can do better. So let's talk about the strategy. Let's talk about the direction. This is their chance to ask for feedback if they are um, uh, wanting it. This is a chance for them to raise issues so that I can solve those roadblocks. Um, that's when, uh, you know, don't wait for six months to be like, well, the process we were following was completely inadequate. So I could never hit my targets. No, tell me this week, tell me today, um, so that we can solve it and then you can continue to thrive. Uh, and so to me, that's where, um, the one-on-one plays a really good complement to a very formal review. Um, the one-on-one is how you bring turn that review into action and turn that review into business results. You, you mentioned about in terms of the cadence of like uh, one-on-ones, like whether it's, uh, and again, like bringing it back to our experience, um, we're trying to do um, sort of weekly one-on-ones, but I don't know if that's too much. Uh, it's certainly not too, too little, but is there, is, there, is there a right or wrong answer? I mean, you know, if, if you do weekly one-on-ones, you know, does it give you a better chance of higher company performance uh, versus, you know, monthly? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, totally. I think, I think it depends. Classic business answer. Um, and so, but the, each model, the monthly versus the weekly, then I, I like that there's, there's, there's different ways that you use them. So the weekly, it is amazing for splitting both those professional and personal things. So if um, uh, on a weekly basis, you should be reviewing how are things going on the business side, on how they're performing, are they hitting metrics and targets? And more importantly, who cares if the target is hit or not? It's why and how come and digging deeper and using the time to effectively have a conversation versus on Slack, you could just be like, you didn't hit the target, do better next time, right? Um, it's when we're sitting face-to-face or on a video recording if you've got a distributed team to really dive into the why um, that that weekly one-on-one should be used for. And then you can provide the coaching. If it's more on the monthly, how we, how we see it best and how I do it is I tend to skew more on the relationship and the personal side. How are you feeling? What's motivating you? What is making you absolutely grumpy? Um, and then, you know, we can, we can uh, go deeper there and, and connect as humans, as individuals who, you know, I, I'm a big believer of recognizing that, you know, we don't walk in the door and turn into robots um, that says, yes, you tell me to do something, I will do it, right? Um, there's lots of external factors that can impact um, 
what an employee brings to each day. And that's a big job uh, of me as a manager to help alleviate those, help uncover them um, and get them in the right, in a, in a right frame of mind. You do a very good robot impression, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> we might, might use that to promote the, uh, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one one thing like with with one on ones and like you know, uh, again actually it's it's interesting. I'm sure like certainly for it, it this is a relevant conversation for everybody that's listening. It's relevant for me asking the questions right because it, it's just as you say, like a super important topic within the business. So I'm just like curious like you know this is the first time I've ever run a business right. So I'm just I'm learning you know how to be a CEO, how to be a boss. Uh, you, you know like if we were doing this podcast two years ago. Uh, it was pretty much just me, you know, in, in the business. Uh, and now we're 18 people. So, you know, smaller than Soapbox, but it's still like, it, it's still a good number. Uh, and now, I have, you know, we're managing 18 people and learning how to be a manager. And like one of the things often sort of like struggle with, could do better at Conscious Off is about giving, let's say, not negative feedback, but, you know, that kind of like you pick up on something where somebody's maybe making a mistake or, you, you know, what they're doing that like, uh, the work is, uh, you know, not necessarily like good enough or whatever, right? And you want to provide this feedback because you're picking up on this uh, particular thing. Yeah. Uh, and then often I, I'd like get on the call and we talk about like a, a number of things and then you're like, okay, well, the call's going really well, whatever. And then you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not going to ask the, you know, not mention the, the negative thing, right? So oh. it, it, it happens sometimes. I'm just saying it happens sometimes, right? And then maybe it's, you know, chickening out or, or whatever, um, you know, I, I can, uh, I, I can, and I will say, you know, sometimes when I'm not happy with stuff, but again, sometimes I, I just feel like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not tackling the, the tough issue. Right. And I'm sure it's a common issue. Like, what do you, what do you do? What's your advice around that? So it's interesting because we get the question, what are the best questions that managers should ask or what's the best topics that they should bring forward? And I always go with ask the thing you're scared to ask. Um, or bring up the topic that makes you most uncomfortable because that's where the, the, that's where the release happens. That's where the unlock of performance and productivity, but also connection. Um, and so how to tactfully do that, I think is to take the, take, um, the personal effect out of it and, and talk about, Hey, this is what's happening. And this is what I observe. Does this make sense? Um, and and this is how it's also impacting the business. Uh, so they don't feel like it's a personal attack. It's like, well, you're lazy, right? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. It's that. Well, I think we could do this faster because if you know if we responded to customers faster, um, they would have a better customer experience. And my you know my insecurity is that we're not um, or you know my fear is that we're not responding to customers fast enough. Uh, and, 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 you know, how do you feel? And so this then gives the employee the chances to come back and say, well, you're missing half the picture. Um, I didn't respond to customers because I was dealing with all of these other customers. Um, and I didn't have the, the bandwidth and that's where then you can, you know, it's a whole other thing. So, uh, sort of backing up and kind of giving you the TLDR <laughs> of, of that thought is, um, one is force yourself. Um, take a deep breath as a leader and, and bring up the stuff that you don't, um, uh, you're uncomfortable to do, but then also 
assume that you don't have all the full information. Make an observation, say how it impacts the business, and ask for their insight. A big thing that I find, uh, I have found even just personally, is a lot of the issues I have have been around my own insecurities or my own hangups uh, and less to do with where an employee is truly underperforming. Uh, and, and, and sort of approaching that conversation neutrally and sort of, you know, you are, we're, we're neutral. I'm not assuming you're a horrible human. I'm not assuming, you know, you're in, you're trying to tank our business, um, allows me to see relief and for me and the employee to get on a better, uh, forward path. And when when giving feedback, right? So uh, we, we were talking earlier. Um, obviously, we're living in a like not just a world of Slack, but you know it's very uh, uh, prominent. Uh, and so that a lot of the business and company communication, you know, goes through Slack. And uh, I guess like when things kind of happen, in, you know, in real time, obviously as they do, you can provide like feedback. Uh, in real time on Slack, and sometimes you say it, it's you know received well or not, uh, and um, so like when is the right time to use something like Slack to uh, give feedback, and when is the right time to actually save it for like a one-on-one? Like, is is this just what sort of judgment do you use? Uh, yeah, so I I generally don't at all. Um, I either pick up the phone, um, even just for for quick conversations, I pick up the phone. There's so much that's lost in tone um, that you can't read through a type, uh, through through text. Um, you also can articulate yourself much better when you're speaking than when you try to formulate thoughts into sentences um, and, 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 and write them out. Um, and so I don't do feedback at all on Slack. If somebody's asking for guidance um, and I know that it's even going to be complicated or complex to to convey, I'll I'll, I'll do it, but then I'll also set up time um, for us to talk through it. And I'll say, I'm I'm saying this now, take it for what it is, and we need to speak live. Nothing, nothing can replace talking live, batting things back and forth, hearing the other person's point of view, um, allowing them for to ask questions, hearing for their pauses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things. Um, we're human. We're, we, we interact, um, like, you know, um, very visually, very, um, verbally. Um, could you imagine having a relationship over text? It might be easier, huh? Uh, no, no, no. It would be so successful, though. I know, I know, I know. No. I'm, I'm sure many people do have some relationships uh, over text, but probably not with their existing partners, right? Uh, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, whole other podcast. Not, not SAS doc, but something else. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, so look, look, I know we're, we're, we're uh, running out of time. I still have loads to uh, to ask you. Um, uh, we could probably do an hour on uh, on this topic, um, but um, I can actually ask you in person because you're coming over to Dublin uh, in October for Sasto 18. That's a pretty cool segue, right? Um, a very good segue. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, why are you coming over? Well, I know, but what are, what are you going to be talking about at Sasto? I'm going to be talking, I'm going to broaden it up. We're going to talk about one-on-ones. We're going to talk about meetings in general. Um, when I look at my calendar, it is slammed with time sitting in a boardroom or a room with other people. And somehow I get to the end of the day and I'm like, 
shoot, I got nothing done. Um, and I know that that's how a lot of people feel. And we've spent countless hours with our tens of thousands of customers using our, our tool to see how do people do meetings better. Um, and that's what I want to bring uh, um, to, the, to, the talk, to the discussion there. Because um, I think if you can make better use of your time during the day, hey, that is, that's how you grow. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I think as you said, like I'm sure every company, like this is, it's a big issue. It's a big issue again, like with us, uh, sometimes we just feel we do nothing but meetings and yeah. like we don't get stuff done. So people then decide, okay, I'm going to work from home tomorrow so I don't get, you know, disturbed. Uh, we tried, because uh, I saw like Typeform, they had, a, when I went there, um, they had a, a no meetings Wednesday rule. Yeah. Uh, so, so people could just, you know, get their head down and work. Uh, we tried to implement it, but then like some some team members didn't like it and kind of ignored it. And now we just it doesn't seem to exist. But I kind of wish it it, it did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I'm I'm super curious to uh, to learn how to uh, to do meetings better and uh, so that we just don't have a diary full of meetings. So. Exactly. Or if you do, you come out and be like, oh, that actually was useful, as opposed to like, geez, now I can back get back to my reg- regularly scheduled work day, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, look, looking forward to that, Jessica. Looking forward to meeting in person in Dublin. Um, and, and like, I guess so. Finally, we, we actually before we, we started uh, recording this, uh, we we I congratulated you about uh, a, a new arrival. Oh um, yes. And, um, yes. So tell us a little bit uh, uh, about that, if you don't mind. For sure, I had a little. Well, I I, I, had, a, I had a little. My little bunny. My uh, I had a little. Not actually a bunny, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what I call her. Um, Ava. Ava came to us July 1st, Canada Day, full of fireworks. Very cool. Very cool. Congra- yeah. Congrats again. And you said July 1st. So that, that was uh, not too long ago, right? Yeah. So um, uh, you mentioned, I think you, you were back to work after, after six weeks, right? Yes. Yeah. And just a, a little bit of insight as to, uh, as to why, you know, back at work uh, after six weeks and, and why you took that, what I guess is not, uh, not a very easy decision, right? Totally, totally. Um, I'll, I'll share with you what I told uh, our board back in January when we talked about the fact that I was pregnant. Um, and I said, and I proactively um, uh, broached the subject with them because I wanted to have an open discussion to say, what does this look like? As opposed to it being this taboo, oh, I can't talk to Jess about, you know, Matt leave and her coming back, etc. And I said to them, I said, I have not gotten top marks since junior kindergarten to peace out at this point in my career. Um, you know, this is just happens, right? Um, I happen to be pregnant and have a baby at a time when we are literally in the midst of relaunching the business. Um, I have an important role in the company. Um, you can't peace out for, for months on end and expect to come back and things to be hunky dory. Um, both for the business, we would have to replace me, um, and for my own professional uh, growth and interest. Um, and so uh, it was, It was. I would say it wasn't too hard of a decision. What I find harder is the, the support or some of the, the, the way that people react. Um, and so for what it's worth, uh, with ears listening, I would say, if you hear somebody doing something unconventional to so gender norms, congratulate them and ask them what they're loving about it. Don't poo poo it and say, Oh, that must be really tough. Or, Oh, you must be really tired. No, I'm not. 
um, I'm full of energy because I am doing something that's engaging me. And guess what? I get to go home and be with my most wonderful daughter and really supportive partner and, and enjoy that part of life too. If for 40 hours a week, I happen to not be by her side, that's okay because she's great and I'm doing even better. Um, so yeah, that's uh, rationale and how I feel about it. And hopefully some, uh, some, some folks kind of can start to take a different mindset that there's many ways to be uh, a parent um, and a partner in a business. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, being open and, and sharing that. And, and again, I mean, it's, uh, I've got two kids myself. So like, you know, having the little ones that I think that there's nothing, nothing greater. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, look forward to maybe seeing, seeing photos of, uh, Ava in, uh, in, in Dublin as well. Well, you actually probably will meet her cause she's coming. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll, ha- we'll have to create a little lan- lanyard. So I, I brought my kids to, to Sastock last year. They were like, uh, one and two at the time. Uh, and uh, they, I think they were the only children at uh, at, at Sastock, but they, they look pretty cute. So uh, maybe they'll have uh, uh, somebody to, to to hang with, or uh, at least uh, somebody that's even younger than them with a, a Sastock lanyard, right? There you go. There we go. Good stuff. All right. Well, on that note, uh, Jessica Weiss, CEO at Soapbox, you've been a great guest. Uh, look forward to seeing you uh, at Sastock 18 in Dublin on October the 15th to the 17th. I think, uh, I think you're speaking on the 17th, something like that. Uh, but we'll see you then. And thanks so much for um, uh, your time today. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, thank you, Alex. Likewise. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the SaaS Revolution Show and picked up valuable lessons from Jessica Weiss. We have 130 speakers coming to SaaS Doc 18, including Jessica which will talk about their mistakes, frameworks, and lessons learned in marketing, sales, customer success, and all other relevant areas to growing your SaaS business. Get your ticket before October the 1st and save 200 euros. Thanks for listening. See you next time.